0: I'm Lindsay Wilson, and this is Business of Glam, the podcast where we discuss business, beauty, building your best life, and everything in between. On this episode of Business of Glam, we sit down with Leslie Clay-Nolan to discuss her transition in business, franchise advice, and setting boundaries. We hope you enjoy. Well, thanks for joining us again, Leslie. Of course. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself okay it's always a fun question to answer since we since we just discussed (laughs) that maybe somebody didn't listen to episode one or season one with Leslie on it so go back and watch it if you have not
1: um well I'm Leslie Clay I now am a uh, realtor with uh, Realty One Group Elevations and I'm a wife and a mom and a dog mom. <laughs> little Macy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's me. I, In a nutshell, okay. I suppose, there's a lot more layers to that we could go into. Yes. But.
0: Which we will. Yeah.
1: Um, so tell us a little bit
0: about what's changed since season one. So season one, you owned a women's clothing boutique here in Colorado.
1: I did. I owned a women's clothing boutique, which was part of a franchise based out of Atlanta. And I no longer own that women's clothing boutique. I successfully sold it in December 2019 right before the pandemic so I always say I am the luckiest business owner ever and really are yeah then I was forced into stay-at-home motherhood which was not (laughs) ever a plan Um, but was really cool it also made me realize I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom but that was kind of the pandemic was being home and I think it's The positive parts of that was you spent time with your family and like quality time that you wouldn't have done. So I can never give that up or I would never take that back, but I was definitely ready to get back to work. So, and it gave me a little bit of time to figure out what was next. So I was going to say, how do you kind of determine how, what your
0: transition is and what is your next passion or what kind of industry you wanted to go into?
1: Um, well, I'll say that I was very lost. (laughs) But you're found Um, now. Yeah. I mean, what a weird time for everyone, right? But I sell my business and I was like, I'll take a month or two just to kind of figure out exactly what I want to do. And I was definitely leaning towards real estate. It's always been a interest. My husband has his license just as like a, I guess as a hobby. Um, And so we had always kind of talked about that. That was something we wanted to get into, but I wanted to take the time. Like I did feel like when I bought into my franchise, I rushed it a little bit and I was following my heart, not my head. Um, so the beauty of the pandemic was it made me do a complete halt and like get myself to a happy and healthy place first before I started a new career. Um, yeah. And it's been great ever since. So good decision, but it was a lot of thinking and trying to understand and what's right for me. And I like, I went on an interview at a software company and I was like, yeah, I don't Because that's what I did before I owned my franchise. And I was like, oh, my God, the thought of sitting in an office all day and someone telling me where to be and not having flexibility and freedom. No. And having a quota. And I was like, absolutely not. So, (laughs) I was going
0: to say, did you kind of was the process with kind of deciding to go into real estate sitting down and making like the pros and cons list?
1: I mean, I don't, I'm not like a, a list person, but in I, I would say that I definitely thought about that. And it, there was never really any cons to it other than you're like, it's going to take, you know, realistically, it takes a little while to get off the ground and running. And I've been super lucky. It's been really successful since I started. And I think having been a business owner, I have the network here that, you know, maybe somebody else starting out in real estate wouldn't have had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had to think, I felt like I had to think more about what I didn't want to do versus what I wanted to do. And my natural tendency is to go back to what was comfortable, which was sales in, in the software industry. That's what I did before. And it was very clear, very fast. I was like, that's, it's not what I want. Yeah. You know? then I had crazy moments of like maybe I should just open my own boutique and I was like wait there's here's the cons list of I mean don't get me wrong there was good things but the the things there are things when you own your own women's clothing store that are never going to change and they are the things that make it tough yeah so so yeah that's where I was at.
0: I know that we've talked a little bit before, and just in personal conversations, about kind of being a little naive going into business the first time. Oh yeah, I mean, you're just, you know, <laughs> stupid. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's how you ever open your yeah, first that's the business. The way
1: anyone who opens their first okay. business opens their own business. But yeah, you know, I think. The crazy part was, I was born and raised in Atlanta. Like, the franchise that I owned was started there. That's where, like, me and my friends shopped. The dream of business ownership has always been there. I wanted to open my own market. So, I had these, like, big dreams of I was going to have five stores and have a regional manager. And what I didn't do was, like, my research of the actual business in the way that I should have. And I, I went back and read questions that I asked owners that actually gave me. Like the, the current owners, and I mean, you'd have to know more about this franchise and where it is today. And anyways, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, they were telling me essentially the red flags of owning this particular franchise. And I ignored them because I wanted it so bad. Yeah. And I, i had always wanted my own clothing store. This was a way of like, not trying to like come start it from scratch Mm -hmm. but it's like my that's why I said I followed my heart not my head and at one point my husband said like you're not even scared and I was like we just have to do it like if you don't try you'll never know and now I think as a more mature person and someone who has a better understanding and having run my own business like slow down there was no rush and I like listen to your instincts follow your gut and I didn't I would put them aside and now I think back on those and I'm like, I knew, but anyways, it
0: is one of those funny things that you like go yeah. back and you like reread business plans or anything along oh, yeah. those lines, and you're like, what like fantasy world did I live in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good world. Yeah, I mean, that I lived great. In. so yeah. naive. <laughs> <laughs> so with kind of, I was like, I have two parts of questions for you, but we'll kind of wrap up of like going into real estate. What do you think? going into your next chapter that you brought with you, the lessons from business ownership?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we're joking about like being naive and going to business ownership. I would say, I mean, and I can truly say this is... A- a gift that I have is like, I don't believe in, I, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be good at this. <laughs> Sometimes I'm very naive to that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I typically try not to do things that I'm bad at, except for I did just start playing tennis and I'm not great at that, but, <laughs> um, I'll get there. Yes. <laughs> um, but in general, I, I would say, what's like where am, what did you ask me
0: <laughs> what kind of lessons did you take from oh business yeah. ownership sorry i was bringing like, into like why the am I real estate about world this? yeah
1: um so there is a huge benefit of having owned your own business and also like before that i worked on a sales quota so like failure is not an option at my sales job. If I wasn't meeting my quota, they were going to fire me. So I was like, Oh, okay, well I will, I will, I have to do this. And that was survival. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. I was at the time when I started, I was single and that's how I paid my bills and whatever. And with my business, it was like, I'm the only person who's going to make sure that this place runs and makes money and is successful. So I think when you take those things and you go into real estate, it's like you have the drive and quite frankly, a lot of real estate agents, I mean, even in dealing with them, they, they, it is all the time you have to be, it's, it's prospecting, 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 prospecting at all times. Like I'm prospecting at the playground. I'm prospecting at, um, you know, my kids, uh, school, I, you know, it, It is all the time, but you have that experience from a business where you're like, how do I generate more money for Mm -hmm. this business? That's the way you have to look at it when you're going into real estate, because it's, you know, it's a long process. This isn't happening quickly. You've got to get people one to even think that you're capable of helping them buy or sell a house. And then two, trusting you with the process. And then it's not like someone's like, I want to sell my house tomorrow. So it's a process. So I think just the mere, survival and knowing what it takes and how much work it takes. And it's a thousand avenues of getting one client is really important. The other piece is is like, which I think is, is hard for people because when you first go into real estate, it is a financial investment with no return. (laughs) (laughs) And like, isn't that any business? Yes. No, it's so true. Um, but luckily I sold a business like I was in a great position and I had the understanding that like spending money to make money pays off. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, you know, that may, that sometimes just isn't the case for people. They don't have the money to spend right? and it's hard, but I'm like, okay, I need to get my brand going. I need to get my social media going. I need to, I need to throw events. I need to take people out to dinner. Like I was prepared to put in the work to begin with, because you know that if you get one deal, it pays for itself, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I have always, I had that mindset at my business. I have that mindset in my real estate career is like, you have to constantly be working on your business at all hours of the day.
0: With selling your business, what kind of, I think every business owner has always thought about exiting (laughs) stage left and getting out. How did you kind of, I know you became a mother and you had some life changing events. How did you make that decision to step away and sell the business? Uh,
1: I mean, I would say that my, um... I'm like, I can be really honest. I was like, (laughs) you can be very honest. I mean, one, I became a mom and becoming a mom what I never want people to think is like, you can't own a business and be a mom because you can, but my priorities changed and I was already not in a great place with the franchise. So I was a franchise council president, the owner of the franchise. And I, we, we just like, didn't have the same vision, which is, uh, that's fine. But there was just a point where I was like, the effort that I was willing to put in, I realized no matter what I did, you can't, change the owner of the franchise. Right. And you are fighting a losing battle because it's at the end of the day it's not your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you own this one location, but you agreed to follow the rules and regulations that are set by a franchise. And I realized that wasn't going to change. We were making money, we were a successful business, so you have to take advantage of that cuz you like nobody wants to buy a business who's not profitable and mm-hmm. not making money. We had a great reputation, we had a great staff. And then When I became a mom, I was just like, I spend a lot of my time doing something I don't love versus spending a lot of my time doing something I do love, which is being a mom and being with my family. And you have to decide what's like, we only get one life, right? So where is your happiness? So, um, and you know, A beautiful part about franchising is the franchisor has first right of refusal, so you can decide to sell your business, and if they like it, they can buy it from you, so I got very lucky there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and I mean, it didn't go down in necessarily the way that every business owner dreams, but it's still, you know, they were there for a little while after. Unfortunately, there was a pandemic, so I think that was hard for any any business owner, but I think I would have felt worse had an individual bought it from me, because... I was yeah you know, they they have the bandwidth to support one location going down whereas like a individual person I would have that would have been awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so with franchising, I think that a lot I looked at franchising yeah. before I yeah kind of created Glamour Bar. So and you do get all of this information and it's kind of like buying a boxed business. It's kind of how I looked at it where, you know, you're having somebody guide you. You have that marketing plan. You have, you think that's what you're getting. You think, yes. (laughs) I would say, (laughs) I was going to say, so for everybody out there, because I think that it, it seems really great. Yeah. I think in some instances it really is great. And I think that there are ways that it works. Yeah. But What would be your advice to anybody that is looking into franchising versus maybe creating their own idea? What things to look for, questions to ask,
1: the red flags
0: to to be aware of and actually listen to?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, there are franchises out there that are fantastic and it's such a, I I actually had a, a business mentor who we took ideas to and he was like, for a first time business owner... A Franchise is a great way to go because you're not inventing the wheel and you have the support. I would say what I wish I had done is dig into the financials of the franchise. And people were really guarded with that. Franchise owners and the franchisor were really guarded with that, which they are allowed to be. But that should have been like... I kind of feel like if you can't show, if you're not proud to show me that you're profitable and that your business is running really well, that should be your first red flag. Right. Yeah. And then a franchisor who's not willing to share that, like that's, and I bought it cause I loved it. Mm-hmm. Not, and I, that's where I wasn't following my instincts or my gut or making, you know, a smart business decision, which I would never do now, but I did then. And granted I was, Younger and less experienced and less jaded. Yeah, yeah. well, I
0: think you learn a <laughs> right, lot,
1: right? Um, and, learn- and I don't, I don't want it to sound like it was a bad experience. It was just a life learning experience, and one I would never take back. Like I've owned my own business, I can say I've owned a franchise. Like I can answer yes questions that people want to know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and I would say some like uh, having someone who understands it, and maybe finding a franchise attorney or someone who's done it before that can really guide you. And like, I didn't have anybody, I had a business mentor, but he was just in general, like looking at our business ideas, he helped us write a business plan, so on and so forth. But like, I wish I had someone who was more of an expert in franchising that could have guided me more specifically into what to look into.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: However, like, you're never gonna know what's... Like if you should do it, if you don't do it. And I'm glad I did it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the beauty is like in some franchises, mine, for example, was a five-year commitment. So at the end of five years, you're like, this was great. made some money. I don't want to do this anymore. And you're out, you know? A bigger lesson as well was like, I had never rented a commercial space before. And like, that was where I would say on the franchise side, it was definitely more like feelings and emotions and maybe not, you know, somebody kind of you can't do what's right for your business when you're part of a franchise because someone has the right to tell you no, even if you know it's what's right for your business, that's hard. On the commercial real estate side, it's like you, I mean, you are signing your name to something so intense when you sign a lease. And I i think I was very unaware of how locked in I was. And it's like, <laughs> there's this world of you're like, well, but, but wait, that doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Uh, or like, hey, half the stores in the shopping center have closed since I signed on. Like, what are you going to do about it? And it's like, oh, we aren't going to do anything about it. And by the way, your rent goes up on January 1st. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, it, it was just a lot of, it is a learning experience, mm-hmm. but I wish I had done more due diligence to begin with. So that's what I caution people with, opening their own business in general is like slow down and make sure you understand every piece of what you're doing and don't just forge forward because you're like i'm gonna be successful we're gonna make money i'm in i have the best idea let's go or this franchise they're gonna tell me everything to do because at the end of the day what's crazy about franchising is like yes you buy into the marketing and the brand and hopefully the support but you're also like you're responsible for the business so like if it doesn't go great the franchise doesn't give a shit right (laughs) I mean they care if they like want you to be successful but like they're not helping dig you out of the hole they're like it's on you it's your business so it's it's kind of crazy I do think it would be complicated just like
0: in the mindset of like if I would have franchised yeah I always think about like because you are making decisions of like okay let's do this event or let's do that we're yeah
1: if you're part of a franchise, you're having to get approval, or you know, right. I mean, you do literally to you, have a, a yoga event at your store. You had to ask someone if that was okay. Yeah. It's like you know, which is part of franchising. You know, Jeez. it's like, but sometimes you're like, how am I have to ask someone if I want to do? So I think those yeah. are those
0: things that you don't quite think uh-huh. of. Whenever you're like, oh, it's a franchise. It's like yeah. already successful other places. Like it'll be so much easier yeah. for me to kind of buy in and go that route I
1: mean there was conversations even like I'm like hey the color mint like we're not in the south like people don't buy mint clothing as much here and I would show like 25 mint clothing items or coral yeah color items which like we are just in a different climate and it was like these colors don't sell and you would still get it and you're like I told you (laughs) That mint and coral <laughs> don't sell. Why we do you are keep sending the in the mint and coral? <laughs> and then you would still get it, and you're like, I bought it, and I'm telling you it doesn't sell, and I'm still getting it. So that's like where you would get, that's where it's really weird things where it's like, well, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't customize to just your store. And I'm like, I know, but I'm the only one not in the south. I mean, this is just an example, but where you're like, this is this is crazy. Like I'm literally showing you it doesn't sell, and you you can't just say don't buy coral or mint. For this store <laughs> right and the data behind it didn't matter you know and I'm a very data driven person so I would be like here's our here's our margins on anything this color we have to mark it down to like 50 or more here's 50 of these things I'm showing you it doesn't sell and then I would still get it and I was like if I get one more fucking mint shirt somebody's gonna die <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's the
0: one downside of yeah the franchising that's hard, right
1: is that yeah you are in a
0: different Climate, a different kind of fashion sense
1: and style. Well, I can imagine, like if you owned a frozen yogurt franchise, who we know someone who does. It's like, hey, we're in Denver. It's really healthy here. We would love to have a dairy-free chocolate option. They're like, well, we don't like. We try. We've tested it and it doesn't sell. And you're like, I know, but it would here. It's like you get it. They're like, no, yeah. And it might in this location, but are we making dairy? I'm just making this up, right? But <laughs> <laughs> I've gone with, on a tangent now. <laughs> with
0: franchising, I was going to say, because I did get, like, I went pretty far down the rabbit hole of yeah. starting a franchise or yeah. kind of signing on to it. In the contract, is there a way that you can write in well anything I, or is it just kind of we tried from the franchise? We tried some <laughs>
1: things and they said no. Yeah. And we were like, okay, well, they know exactly what they're doing, so... Believe think, it or not, I looked into a, a a blow dry franchise. Me too. And then I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to blow dry my own hair. I was like, that's what I was
0: going to do. And then I remember talking to whoever I was talking yeah. to at the franchise, the sales guy. And I was like, so if I wanted to add in, like, or if I wanted to have a Botox event, this is no. when I literally yeah. was like, I'm out. This is yeah. not going to work for me yeah. because I can't have all of these rules and regulations and not be
1: able to change and add in things and only do blowouts. Like, well, and you kind of like, know, but then until you're in it, when you're like, I need to make these decisions to make my business successful. And I'm in this and I'm looking at data and and like, I, I'm telling you it doesn't work. And then when you can't, it's like, you won't really ever know that until you get in. mm -hmm. But then when you're in it, you're like, I'm on, I'm going crazy. Yeah. Like I could be making more money. I could be but I can't, you know, and that's where I think we really struggled. What? Oh, oh my God. Sorry. Sorry. You're like, stop. (laughs) I also cursed a couple of times. Oh, yeah. we Okay. Okay. I was like, I was like, oh, God, I said fuck. (laughs)
0: It's okay. Okay. What advice would you have for somebody that is going into a clothing industry? Maybe starting their own boutique or franchising. Do you have any little advice or words
1: of wisdom for them? I mean, things to consider that you don't think about, like employees in a a, uh, clothing store, this is, I mean, yes, you maybe get a manager and they're looking at it as a career, but it's not a career position. So finding help, Denver, for example, is our, our pay grade is higher. So you have to think about like your output, like our rents are higher. Our payroll is higher. So if you're going to open a clothing store, like what kind of clothes are you going to carry that hold a high enough margin to account for the difference in pricing? So for example, I bought into a franchise that was based in the South, in the South, payroll is cheaper rent Mm. is cheaper. Like all of these things are cheaper. Our price point was under a hundred, which was great when you're in a small town in South Carolina or a college town in Alabama. Right. But when you're in Denver and a big city, we had to sell more to make less money. So then it was like trying to play catch up at all times. So there are boutiques here where they're not limiting themselves. Like that was kind of the the catch of the franchise that I was a part of, but it's like, they're not limiting themselves to a price point and people are willing to pay a little bit more here. So it's like, you just have to make sure that it financially makes sense. And then knowing your market, like you can't buy everything that you like, you have to like understand what your customer wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I mean, taking in those financial considerations like I think what happens a lot of times with women's clothing stores in general is like the woman that wants to open a clothing store has a passion for style and and fashion and styling other women and making women feel beautiful and all of those things which is so cool I mean Mm -hmm. we're all into it right but on the other hand it's like you you've got to have like a solid business understanding to back your passion for style so and a lot of people don't and a lot of people do you know it's it's uh yeah there's that but you do see little boutiques pop up and then they close and pop up and close and it's I think the fun part is I mean to be honest it's not that fun (laughs) 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 I was like I don't know I, I the, feel the styling people. I was fun. like styling people, picking store there's your stores so much kind of more yeah. that goes into yeah. it than
0: just those right. few hours a week of yeah, but like getting to style. Finding somebody.
1: employees is so hard and then keeping employees because it's like they're in college, they're working towards a career. Like this is their part-time job. They might be a stay at home mom who just wants something to do. And it's like a retail business, especially if you're in a shopping center, you are open seven days a week. You're closed on Christmas and Easter that's it. And Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Maybe those days, like you're open New Year's day. So your young staff, they got hammered the night before, like somebody's got to be there. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you just, you have to like employees were, were a constant and we were, we actually were so lucky. And I think it's just because we like treat people right. Um, but there were times where it was a struggle. Yeah. You know, um, And thankfully, we had people who, like, respected us and recognized that we were, like, willing to go in above and beyond for them and that we cared about them. But it's that's not their career. They're not staying with you for forever. Like, I joke with some – I still keep in contact with some of the girls that worked with me at the store. And I'm like, yeah, when she told me she was going to get, you know, a full-time career, I'm like, how could you leave me? Don't you want to do this forever? (laughs) Like, how dare you get a career? But it's like you have to understand that the time is – Short, You know. Right. That you're constantly having to hire. Yeah. And then it's the same thing every day. Like you're unpacking clothes. You're steaming clothes. You're putting them in the computer system. You're selling the clothes. You're reaching out to clients. Like it can kind of be a hamster wheel of a job. So how long is that sustainable for someone too? And I felt the same way. Like at the end of five years, I was like, if I have to be like, oh my God, look at these new black pants one more time. I was like, monotonous (laughs) Monotonous. yeah Uh, I mean I'm
0: making this sound so bad no you're not (laughs) and let me tell you I loved like I think one of those things too is that I love all of the little boutiques here because you get like those little one-off items that like not everybody has do you feel like online sales had a big impact on selling clothing Well, yeah, I I think especially probably post
1: pandemic, which luckily you're literally
0: the luckiest business owner ever, ever.
1: Yeah. So part of, so I signed on to my franchise. I think we started talks in 2012. I think we eventually signed 2013. We opened 2014. And at the time there was not really an online presence from the franchise, nor were we shopping online the way that we do now. So I signed a five-year agreement. We opened about year two or three, suddenly money was being pumped into an online website, which was also being marketed in my territory, but I wasn't getting any cut of that share. So people would come in and be like, hey, I just need to return the shirt. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry you bought it on the website. I can't even take the shirt back for you. So that was one of the big issues. And then the franchisor was not willing to share online sales with the franchisees, which we've seen a huge decrease in their in their franchise operations from one covid and then to not sharing. Yeah. Um and a lot of owners sold if they could and then uh, with the pandemic and and that if their franchise agreements were up they were getting out or um whatever. But uh online sales yes in the if you don't have access to the online sales on top of a brick and mortar store sales like I don't think you could survive Or like there's stores that just do brick and mortar and it's like, now you have to figure out if you're not part of the franchise, Mm -hmm. you have to sell online. Like, and your pictures have to be great and you have to have excellent sizing instructions and you've got to have clear return policies, but like, you're not, I would think, especially with raising rents, raising payroll, you're not going to survive if you don't have an online presence. For sure. And just, I think especially post pandemic. Yeah. We all shop yeah. online a lot well, like, more. I love the boutique Meraki Moon. They're up in Rhino. I live south of the city. Like, I, I'm not driving to Rhino unless I'm going to dinner, which that's not when they're open. But I shop with them often because I love their stuff. And yeah. they, I think they do a great job with their online presence and sizing. And they have the cutest stuff, you know. So I'll buy from them. Or what we were talking about, Patterns and Pop. Patterns Like and pop, they have yep. a, they have a great... I mean, their Instagram reels are so good. They, like, jump into another outfit. They I do love them. do really <laughs> and great. I'm, they're so good. I was like, I hope they're the hearing me. This. yes. <laughs> I was like, we're
0: going to send you this episode because yeah. they do yeah. amazing Instagram reels.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: because we have a, a love-hate, you and I, both can uh, kind uh, of commiserate on the Instagram
1: reels. reels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a necessary evil. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's, that's the cool part about Denver. I buy stuff from Rustic Thread all the time. Same mm-hmm. thing, their Instagram presence is incredible insane and you can click and buy it. And like, I'm in. Yeah. So, but I think you're right. If you're looking at a clothing boutique, yeah,
0: that has to be something Yeah. that you create yeah. along well, with I think
1: it. Any career, like now I'm in real estate and it's like, you have to have an online presence. And like, <laughs> I don't know if you follow Gary Vee, but he's like, you have to have an online presence, but it can't be only for your benefit. The content that you're putting out He's like, your content needs to be like informative so that people see you as a source of like information and they're coming to you. So you have, I was thinking, I just watched this yesterday from him, but, um, it's like the right things to post. And it can't be like, you need to hire me. I should be your realtor. You should buy a house from me. That's that like, can't be what it is, but you can be like, Hey, let me teach you about interest rates or, uh, let me tell you about what's going on in the market right now or, you know, those kind of things. So yeah, I think you have to have, I mean, there's like jokes about your job entails, not just your daily work. It's you got to be a content creator. You've got to be an influencer. Mm-hmm. You've got to be an actor. You've got to be, a comedian like you have to be all these things you got to constantly be connected you've got to be posting it it's like it's so much to be connected but the thing is is like if we don't do it we get left behind and there's somebody else who's doing it better than you so right. um you just and need like, a serena in your life you do seriously <laughs> and you can't be afraid of the learning curve like we're yeah. joking but you're like okay I have to feel stupid and do this and I'm all I'm gonna get better at it just like playing tennis right I like swing and miss a ball and i'm like oh my god i'm so embarrassed this is awful but i'm like okay well i'm gonna hire a coach and i'm gonna get better with it it's like if you have to be present online then find somebody who can do it very well that teaches you helps you to learn you know and be consistent with it like you can't just throw out one thing every now and then which i'm like i'm struggling with right now it's like hey you have to be consistent and i haven't been and that's because i got super busy so it's a balance in real
0: life yeah yeah i'm like oh i'm actually (laughs)
1: doing my job I don't have time to make a reel when realistically a reel takes 10 minutes.
0: Not in my world, but it's not like, in my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole day event yeah. for a reel yeah. making. Cause I yeah. have to take like 17,000
1: takes. Yeah. I mean, watching yourself on video is painful, it's but, painful, but yeah, I mean, I think that's something I'm learning right now is like, you have to do this. So now I need, and now I am in, a full blown career and I'm very busy. Like I need a schedule, I need an agenda. I need to have a plan. So, and I think that's maybe something like every day I went into my business, it was like, if you just go in, you're not getting anything done and you're also trying to help customers while you're running a business. So I always had a plan and it's like, it's just started clicking with me of like, I had a schedule, I had a plan. I knew what I had to accomplish for the week, for the day, for the hour. So, now, I'm trying to put that into my daily business now. Because at first, you're just like, I'm chasing deals. Yeah. Yeah. Doing anything. So, yeah. I've
0: just realized I've come to a conclusion, and now I have a manager. And yeah. I was like, I need a schedule.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. like
0: I have decided yeah. that I'm a five year old. Yeah. And that I need to have
1: structure Yeah, <laughs> and I need to know what I'm doing on right. a daily basis. But and I mean, I, it's it's not a five year old. It's like it's literally what successful business people do, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, we don't want it because we're like, I I have my own schedule, I have flexibility and freedom. But what happens is like your business suffers, which then doesn't make you feel great. I mean, no, you know, and then you're just you're stressed with your head all, the yeah. all the time, all the time, running you're around. In, you're so, in panic mode. I'm
0: like, I need to calm my chaos a little bit, and like yeah really start to figure out like how yeah. to structure our schedule and yeah so I think it's so important how do you find the way that you balance motherhood and being a wife and starting a new career chapter yeah do you have anything that you kind of certain set
1: um, dedication
0: times or how do you balance it all
1: I mean I live by a calendar at all times anything that I'm doing like Anything that I'm doing goes in my calendar so that I don't forget. Um, and I, I make lists every single day of what needs to be accomplished. So I know. And I then I can prioritize them. Um, yeah. The other thing is, and, like, this is just a life thing. Like, I have the best partner in the whole world. Like, he his schedule is chaos. My schedule is chaos. But it, there is no, like, expectations of me as my role is this. Like, he is... Hands on with me in anything that needs to be done, and we trade off back and forth. Sometimes he needs a little more direction, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Brian's a keeper; like, like he's, he's down keeper. for it. But I mean, you do have to have someone, especially if you are a driven businesswoman who, like, I am my mom, but like, I I know for my personal mental health that like working is and i learned this in the pandemic like as much joy as my daughter brings i'm a better mom when i am working Mm -hmm. and that's not the case for all moms god bless the moms that stay at home but with that like i have a partner in life who is willing to share responsibilities with at all times so like Yesterday he was gone. He left at six o'clock in the morning. He got home at midnight. He was in Utah all day. And I was like, I got this today. I was up at six 30 and I was like, my, I got to get out the door. And he's like, I got this. He got up, he got our daughter ready, got her to school and he's on about his day. And then he's picking her up later. It's like, you just have to have someone who has a good balance. And when I walked downstairs this morning, he's unloading the dishwasher and I'm like, okay, cool. Like
0: I'll keep you. Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> Most. Yeah.
1: He's great. I mean, I'm joking. That's the uh, incredible part of marriage. Marriage is not easy, but you got to have the right partner. Or the thing is, is like roles change too. Like my role when I owned my franchise is completely different than my role now. And it definitely was different because my husband, like, they went back to work a month after the shutdown. Like they weren't playing around. They're like, we are an essential business. We have to go back to work. So my role during that time when I was staying home is much different than my role is now, Mm -hmm. but our daughter also wasn't in school full time. So I think we are both down to adjust and figure it out. And we both are like, we're going to make this work. Yeah. So, um, and I think he knows that I am a better wife. I'm a better mom when I'm working, when I'm busy, when I'm successful, like for some reason I value a lot on work. Yeah. So, we're
0: just worker bees. Oh, yeah,
1: I am. Like, if I
0: was a bee, I'd be a, a worker bee. Yeah,
1: <laughs> me too. That's just, I think you have to recognize, like, I have to, and I, I have, I did something that did not make me happy, so I now know I will never do that again. Yeah.
0: It's those hard knock life lessons. Yeah. I was like... It's not failure, it's yeah. a lesson. It was definitely a lesson. And you don't really learn anything if everything's going smoothly right. and right. going great. Right. Fortunately it's gotta hurt a little. Oh yeah. It hurts. You gotta hurt and then yeah. you're like, okay, not doing that again. Yeah. I've lesson learned.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's definitely cool things like at my business, I had to generate every every month and this was my goal, it wasn't necessarily the goal of the franchise, just for me specifically, I was like, I need to have an event every month and a cool event that gets people in here. So that might be a pure bar class and we do a sale or I would, I like hunted women down for private shopping parties. Like I'd be like, get your girlfriends, let's do Mm -hmm. this. I'll close the store for you, come on. And I tried to do as many of those as I possibly could. But what I realized was like, I needed to be in front of people more so they didn't forget about me. And in real estate I've realized with like events, I'm like, people need to, to see you in action and like, that's the way that they remember you, if that makes sense. And here's the thing. And like, this is going to sound maybe cocky, but like, I'm, I'm fucking good at my job. Yeah. You know? And that's okay to say. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it's really easy. There are like, there's a million realtors out there, right? Right. So it's like, you kind of want to get people together and throw cool events because that's fun. And getting people together is awesome, especially when it's business women and you're networking and you're with like-minded people, right? Because and we all have moms and jobs and all these things going on. Like, you get together with a group of women who like gets you. They're like, "I'm doing the same thing as you. Like, I'm running a business or I am working in corporate America and I'm a mom and I'm saying mom a lot just because obviously I'm a mom." But it's like, but the event needs to be cool and worth your time right. for you to take time out of it. But it's like. For me, I'm going to throw an event and it's going to be fun and it's going to be awesome. So that's something I think I learned from my business was like events and getting people together is, is like such a great way to generate business. And I've carried that into real estate too. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, I think also just building a relationship with somebody. Right. So the more you see each other. 100
1: Yeah. The more you become yeah. comfortable. Yeah. With well, each other. like you know, moms in your neighborhood, they see you at the playground. It's like, they're not getting any kind of understanding of like what you're like as a business person. Whereas when they see you at like an event that you're hosting or running, then they're like, Oh, Leslie's legit. You know, I, I I like saying moms a lot, but I was like so much kid stuff. I was (laughs)
0: like, it's okay. You are mom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. How Um, do you find
0: the balance to, or what do you do? What are your kind of routines for self-care and taking care of mom?
1: Um, well, I am my best self when I work out. So I exercise often. I mean, obviously like looking great is, I think helps your self-confidence for, for me working out is like for my mental health first and foremost, like that's where I go to work out stress. Um, and then actually during, I say the pandemic is really good for me. Like I worked with a nutritionist, so I'm pretty strict. Uh, I mean, I, I'm. I am strict with ingredients. People think I'm so annoying. No, you're not. I like, yeah,
0: I will watch your Instagram and be like, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) People will say they're like eating a blizzard as I'm posting something about. I think I ate like
0: something really disgusting. Yeah. Like a lunchable or something one day while you were in.
1: Yeah. And we're like, what are you eating? I was like,
0: you don't don't want to talk about just don't. Yeah. Just don't talk about it.
1: Yeah. But so for me, just like eating healthy and working out, those are, I mean, obviously for my health, but it's, it is for my mental health as well. Um, but I think when I'm exercising, when I'm eating healthy, when I'm taking care of myself, like I'm only going to be better in the things that I do, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just like, I think you have to have structure and, um, balance and have a plan like that's really important for me and I'll say like I'm almost two years into real estate like my first year was just a free-for-all and I felt overwhelmed all the time and I was just drinking from the fire hose and trying to learn stuff um whereas now it's like I can say hey I'm gonna deal with that at four o'clock today or I'm gonna that's on my agenda for Wednesday you know um yeah and then you know I think you have to Pick and choose what's right for you, and you know what's not. And there was like, there was a time where I had a client, and I drove. I was. They were like, "Well, we don't really know where we want to be. We might want to be in Golden. We might want to be in Boulder. We might want to be in Fort Collins. We might want to be in Castle Rock." And I was, and they didn't live here. And I drove all over the city for like four months, and I was doing <laughs> like, video. Tours. We're gonna need to yeah narrow well, this down. Well, I did it, and then I finally got him under contract on a house in the middle of the craziness. And then they were like, we decided we're not moving to Colorado. And you're like, I I just, I just drove everywhere for you, you know? So now yeah. it's like, I know, hey, maybe I'm not the right person for that area, but I can find you someone who is. Whereas in the beginning, you're like, yes, 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 yes. I'll take it all, I'll take it all, you know? So you kind of have to set boundaries, you know, and what's funny is like I always think I need to answer something immediately if you just say hey I'm in a meeting I'll give me an hour people are like sure no problem you know or if it's important they'll let you know but I always like thought I had to like get back get back get back back. it's like just set the boundary I put it on my checklist like you need to call so and so back Mm -hmm. and then that can be a task that you do later it doesn't have to be right now so I think I have that problem too yeah
0: that I'm like trying to let go of yeah, I always joke instant, that I'm a instant, recovering instant. control freak. It is true. Well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm recovering. I'm trying to recover yeah. from control freak. But I think the what you said was <laughs> setting those boundaries yeah. and being able to prioritize and that's kind of yeah. how you get the balance in life, right? Right. Cuz I think it's just so hard you want to do everything all at one time. Yeah. Like I was vacuuming today and emailing back a client.
1: Yeah. It's like, just finish vacuuming. I was like, just focus. Yeah. <laughs> or stop, email the client and then finish vacuuming. Cause yes. now you're not doing either. Great. Right? right. Um, yeah. And I think like the crazy part is, is most people understand. Um, and f- so you asked me earlier about family time too. It's like, no joke. You have to make time for your family as well. Mm-hmm. And I think my husband and I both being very career driven, like we get, like my husband works. He gets home, we eat dinner and then he's back to working and he like, he makes a conscious effort to prioritize time with us. Whereas there was times where, and I'm using him as an example, like we were eating dinner and he's on his computer and I'm like, put your computer away and like yeah. spend time with us. And I have now I do the same thing with my phone. I'm like on my phone while I'm sitting with my family, enjoying dinner on mother's day this year, I was writing a contract at the restaurant I chose. <laughs> <laughs> Happy mother's day. And my, my daughter and my, my husband were like sitting at this Thai restaurant, like eating. And I'm like on my computer and I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, it's I really can tell hard. someone this has to wait till I finish my Mother's Day brunch with mm-hmm. my family. But, yeah. I, I mean, we're that's laughing. Funny. You just, like, catch yourself <laughs> where you're like, what am I doing?
0: You do. And it's hard to not fall, like, to set that as a boundary yeah. and keep it. Because I do the same thing. And I'm like, you know what? People can wait. Yeah. It's not,
1: like, yeah. life-saving. No, it's not.
0: We're going to be okay I if started, I don't get back to you until I s- tomorrow.
1: started this thing, this last week was my first week and you delete your social apps off your phone for one day and I think I used my phone, I'm not, this is like so embarrassing to say, I think I used my phone like almost four hours less a day and I had it off for two days and I was like, oh my God,
0: Leslie. I know. I get my screen time reports and it's like how much time I spend on like just scrolling Instagram or whatever. I'm like, I could have a part-time job.
1: Yeah, literally. For the hours that I'm, clocking every week you're just like you stop you stop so that's been a pretty good one I'm gonna try to do that this week I
0: was gonna say so besides that, what other like tools
1: I know that you just did a
0: workshop as one of your networking events yeah so what are some of the other tools or is there any I know Gary Vee is somebody that you love to listen to but
1: any podcast or any books or anything um I mean yeah so I, um, I have a friend who's an Enneagram coach. She actually led the workshop that I ran and she, uh, she kind of got me into it, but I think in general, just like trying, and and I think the Enneagram is like very trendy right now. I was going to say, tell everybody
0: just in case you don't know what it is. Yeah.
1: Essentially the Enneagram, like you take this test to understand like your type and it's one through nine, but I think what it teaches you and I think it's just a general understanding of Mm -hmm. yourself and people and how to like navigate relationships. I think that's what we're getting from it in a way that the general public, someone who's not a doctor or has their master's or whatever, they understand it totally different than us. But it's like, you're just trying to understand how to exist together well, right? or understand the reason that somebody does something isn't about you. It's like, here's why they do that. At their core, here's what they are, right? So, again, I I don't think I take it too seriously, but I think it's a fun way of just, like, trying to learn more about yourself. Yeah. Like, for me, for instance, I'm a loyalist. I'm a six. I'm an Enneagram six. But I prepare for the worst at all times, and that's good. In some instances, someone told me I should put on my business card that I'm an Enneagram six because <laughs> they're like, I have thought about every worst case scenario in this real estate transaction before you've even thought about it. However, it's not good when I'm always preparing for the worst or assume the worst is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like, it's taught me that I I know that's where my mind goes. So just know like, You can't control the outcome and stop thinking about the worst thing possible. So that's like a great Enneagram lesson, right? Yeah. And in general, when you read like a six, I'm like, most of these things are me, you know, and my husband is a three, so I can understand like why he's doing things. I'm a three too. I tend to like hanging with threes and nines a lot. Well, because I had taken it
0: years ago for the plastic surgeon that I worked with because he was like really into it. I mean, this was probably 10 plus years ago and he was like, we need to understand each other better. So that's why right. I think it is a great tool to kind of understand yeah. where somebody's coming from.
1: Yeah. Well, and then um, I think we have to catch ourselves really often with like surrounding yourself with people who bring out the best in you mm-hmm. and people who support you. And sometimes setting boundaries is really hard, but it's really important. And that's been the last couple of years of like, of figuring that out, you know? Yeah. So boundaries are big in all
0: aspects of life.
1: Yeah. Well, and so I've been talking about my husband a lot, but um, he's cool. Uh, Brian's great. (laughs) He always says like, (laughs) um, he's like, I want to spend time with people that make me better. Mm -hmm. And that are like helping me level up. Yeah. So, and that's in all things, right? That doesn't, it's not necessarily meaning like they make a ton of money. It's just like, they're a good person. They're a positive person. They have good morals. They like, they want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that they like, they value the same things that you do. Like we're all on the same page, like trying to make each other better. And there's a lot of people who don't, they like want, it's weird, right? Cause you're like, I would like to think we all want the best for each other, but it's not the case. It's not. Yeah, so... So um, it is
0: setting those boundaries big time. Like, I think in business and in personal relationships. I mean, this is why I say I don't date, because I'm like, I don't... I have very limited time that I get to do what I want to do. Yeah, And what I don't want to do is go and have dinner with a stranger and make small talk. And I want to spend time with people that I, like, love and care about. And I feel like I get to leave feeling empowered and feel good Good. about myself and have... You know, laughs and yeah, be able to like enjoy myself for sure. And we don't have time for people that soul suck and no. I'm like, you. I know that you have had this experience where you like leave something with somebody and you're like, my soul is empty. I need a nap.
1: Well, what is happening? Yeah, the crazy part is too. Like I, I like can lean towards pessimism before I lean towards optimism always. And it's, like, not a quality I love about myself. So I I like being around people who are really positive. Sometimes I think it's annoying. But <laughs> <laughs> if we're being real. But I know, like, if I'm around someone who's negative, then I go, I it's fall. It's easy to fall into I like that fall rabbit fall in hole. hard because it's, like, that's who I am. And, like, there's people in my life who are, like, you're thinking the worst or like don't be so pessimistic and I'm like yeah shit you're right like it's good to have the people Mm -hmm. around you that kind of remind you that check you. and like I'm not I I think there is I'm joking there is like an annoying factor to people who are like everything's great like just be positive and like it's like no let's be fucking real yeah like I'm good with real but you do have to be careful with the people who are like pulling you down and like I don't you I have to make sure I'm not being the person who's pulling someone down you know it's like we have to be aware like it's life's hard
0: it is hard (laughs) I always say that I was like life is hard I need to be around people that like are making me level up or like just letting me enjoy and like relax and yeah be able to enjoy my downtime So yeah any other
1: boundaries that you've found are important in life um you know I I think sometimes like uh this is like I've struggled with this, but it's that I'm aware of it is like, be content with right now because I'm always like so concerned about the next better, more, 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 Mm -hmm. more. And it's like, it's never good enough. So the focus right now is like, this is great. You've done well, be okay with your result. Like this is awesome. And yeah, I mean, that's something like, in general, I think is important, but I definitely struggle with, it's like,
0: it's hard to be in the present yeah, and be grateful for the present
1: and where you are. Right right now versus being like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? I think kids kind of open your eyes to that too, though, because you're like, oh my God, I don't want what's next. Like now she's four and a half and she's going to be five. And then it's like, oh my God, she's going to kindergarten, like my baby. So it does kind of make you, it pulls you back a little bit. But I still catch it, you yeah. know, where you're like, I can't wait till she, and it's like, just enjoy this. Cause it's not going to last that long, Right, but she's only going to be five. Right. One time. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's like every night I'm like, she wants me to snuggle with her and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I just want to go wash my face. Like I just want her to go to bed. And it's like, you know, in a few years she doesn't want you to snuggle with right. her. So, and, and like 10 years she probably's not even gonna want me around so (laughs) she'll want you around for that closet yeah 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 she's gonna be like mom can I wear your clothes uh I was like she'll keep you around she'll keep me around a little bit but I mean that's such a hard reminder but I think something like we can all focus on you know I agree I love that
0: yeah well tell everybody where they can find you and Um, if you need a realtor in the Denver area
1: yeah for sure Um, so my, I am on Instagram. My Instagram handle is nowlin. I'm going to, I make it real complicated Uh for you. I was like, uh, it's nowlin N O W L I N and then choice homes, plural. Um, my last name is clay. That's my husband's last name, but every real estate name I could think of with clay in it was taken. (laughs) 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 Um, so I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, I didn't think about how long Nowland Choice Homes was in an Instagram handle or an email. Uh, Yeah, so there's that. Or the confusion that people get when they're like, Wait, what's your last name? Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, thank you so Um, much for sharing. This was fun. All
0: of the changes of your journey. Of course. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.